Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama Podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast. I have my guest tonight is Lance Isios, the founder and host of University of Adversity, which is a podcast about turning adversity from being an enemy into your greatest ally. How are you doing, Lance? Good, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for going on the show. So listeners will never know, but we'll tell them that we had some technical difficulties and we finally got the fates to align for us to sit down and talk through the computer and have it work. So, man, I'm grateful to have this opportunity to talk to you tonight. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, it's the adversities of the technology world, right? Sometimes they uh, they come at you. You got to get through them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we sure as hell did. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about what, were you, what you're doing on University of Adversity? Yeah, so University of Adversity is all about sharing um, impactful, inspiring stories of people who have been through uh, a lot of different things in their lives and gone on to become successful in their life, whatever that looks like. And I really try to go in and extract the lesson in there and the gold so that I can help inspire and um, leave people feeling better than they did before. You know, I, I my whole goal is to change the perspective on adversity like you, you touched on and empower people with the knowledge that even though it feels like their worst enemy at times, it's actually their greatest ally. And on the other side of adversity, there's always going to be a gift or some sort of silver lining. So that's what I've been working on. And uh, we're almost 200 episodes in. Almost 200 episodes in. That is crazy. How long have you been doing this podcast? First up, first was launched at the end of December 2018. So just over a year. Just over a year and over 200 episodes. That is awesome. Just for the listeners, are you doing it weekly, bi-weekly? What's your publishing schedule? We release Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I Some weeks I record more than others. Um, but yeah, I, I Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we just we keep that pretty consistent. So yeah, I guess it's been, what, what is it, March now? So it's been, what, 15 months or so? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So pushing out three episodes a week. What are what are some like efficient ways to use your time to be able to push out that much content? Are you batch recording? Yeah, I, I batch as many as I can. I pick a certain couple of days where I try and do as many interviews. Like some weeks I'll do nine interviews, some weeks I'll do none. Um, for a while there before Christmas, I was getting on a ton of calls. So I was just, there was a time where I had like, you know, 30 batched. But now, now they're not, I like to keep them a little bit more fresh. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, my whole life is podcasting. My business is as well as we do podcast production. So it just all fits together nicely. That's great. And I was going to ask you, you know, pushing out and recording that much content, how are you able to keep up with, you know, the editing and post-production stuff for all that? But it sounds like you at least enjoy doing that also. I have a team that does that. I, in the first place, the only reason I had a podcast is because I hired somebody to help me because there's no way I had the bandwidth to do it. But I saw the value in podcasting itself um, and for my own personal story. So after seeing that 
how important it was that I had my show edited, content created, show notes created, and then it posted on social media. I saw what it did for me. So I thought, what if I could recreate that as a business? So that's what I do now. So I kind of produce, we do podcast production for professionals who are just too busy to do it themselves. We take care of all the, all the annoying heavy lifting that nobody really wants to do. And it's, uh, it's helped me in my life. So potentially want to help other people do that without them sacrificing having a podcast. That's great for busy professionals who maybe want to start a podcast. Like what, what does that look like? What, what are the requirements of the podcaster? And then what roles do you guys take off of their plate? Yeah. So I pretty much, we do the full meal deal. So I sit down with people, help them kind of brainstorm what they want to do. We create their show art we create all that. We have a graphic design team. And then what we do is we basically get people to batch as many episodes as they, they can. Well, and then what we'll do is we'll edit them. We'll get the show notes. We'll get everything ready. We'll launch them with five episodes. In that period of time, we're getting intros done, music, um, music, unlicensed music or whatever it's called, uncopyrighted music. We'll get that done and we kind of go back and forth. So we create the art, create all that, and then we get it ready to launch. And then we launch with a certain amount of episodes, usually between four and six. And once that's launched, then we just, well, sorry, with that, we're creating content for each episode as well. So a lot of people have podcasts, but nobody knows they have one or they don't see any visuals. So what we do is we create a runway of content, micro content. So we have show art, quote cards, audiograms with like a good snippet of the episode with like those little squiggly lines um, with their artwork, or we'll do a video highlight of the, the guest speaking and then um, the host speaking. So then we put them together into a video, which can be very useful on social media at building awareness. You kind of tease the, tease the audience and then you kind of say, you, they see it and they go, oh, I want to look at the rest of the episode. So then you, you, you give them a link to go check it out. And we do that across all platforms. We do the posting. We do the show, all that creation for our clients just to make it easier for them because then it becomes an evergreen engine that they don't have to worry about. All they have to do is record. Like say, for instance, they record like we're doing here. Then they just stick it in Google Drive and the team takes care of the rest. So essentially it's used as a marketing tool. And a lot of people do have teams that have a marketing team, but a lot of people are busy already, right? They don't specify in podcasts and all that. So there's a nice carved niche for us right now that has a lot of people that, you know, love the idea, but don't have the time or they don't want to learn a new thing. So we just kind of package it all up together, give it to them so that they don't have to worry about it yet. They can still connect with people and focus on the things they actually want to focus on. That's great. And that's super convenient and really gives people who, or maybe thinking of starting a podcast, some initiative and incentive to take that next step. If they, you know, they're not familiar with the audio editing or uncomfortable with the social media posting PR kind of stuff. That's awesome. That, that, that is a service that you guys will take on for them. Yeah. And like, look, it's not rocket science, but it's time, right? You know, we only have 24 hours in a day and, you know, there's not a lot of time that people have to spare, especially, well, maybe now they do because you know of what's going on, but do you have four to five hours to do an episode and create content? Most people don't. And that's kind of where it is. It's, it's, it's not hard to do, but it's time consuming. So that's kind of where it's at. I don't want to like 
tell people, oh, you need to do this because you don't, because it just comes down to your time and how valuable it is. It, is it for you, right? Yeah, time is definitely our most valuable and precious resource. I, I totally agree with that. And podcasting is very time consuming. I mean, it really is. There's obviously the recording of the show, and that's probably just the tip of the iceberg, everything under the water, the post-production, the social media aspect of it is really the big time consumer. Yeah, so kind of going into some tech stuff for the podcast. So for your podcast specifically, what uh, what kind of microphone do you use? Do you use a dynamic condenser? What uh, make and model? I use, I started out with the Blue Yeti, which was good. But a lot of people make the mistake with the Blue Yeti and they don't use it properly and they don't speak to the side of it. The problem is with the Blue Yeti is if you don't use it right, it sounds wrong. Like, and there's certain settings. But if, what I found is the reason I changed is because I had to prop it up on books because of my desk. And I just didn't want to do that anymore. So I would say, and it's good because it's a USB but I, I would suggest Blue Yeti for people if you have the right setup. It's a good one. And make sure you're doing – you set it up properly. But now I actually went in and I wanted to get the Joe Rogan microphone that everybody has, the real expensive Shure microphone. But after realizing and talking to some people, for what I'm doing and not having guests in person at, in my office, it makes more sense to get a step down – what I have is like the classic Shure SM58, which doesn't look that cool. It kind of looks like your classic like rock star microphone, but it's been around since the beginning of time. And it allows you to not have a soundproof room. So you can just, if you speak right into it, I'm actually not using it right now because of the technical difficulties. But what happens is with this microphone, you don't need a soundproof room. So if you speak right into it, it sounds beautiful. And it's just as good as any microphone out there if it's if you set it up right and i use a focus right um one of those little um it's not an amp but it's like what are those things called it's just like a little thing you plug your mic in and you turn up the dials and you can plug in um yeah something like that it's a focus right super cheap 150 bucks focus right scarlet 2i2 and it's been super easy and i just get a little hand handstand or a little stand thing and i hook it up and you can do you can get other pop filters to make it look cooler, but for me, the way I set it up is I just prop the the top part up so you can't even tell. A lot of people are in for the show because if you do videos, people want to look cool. I get that, but this one, the way I is is very solid. And then I hook up just my Bose noise canceling headphones. You can get a lot of different headphones, but I like the Bose ones, and I use them everywhere for everything. Like, and you know. Uh, kudos to Bose for creating such awesome headphones because I literally use them to all gym, podcast, running, everything. So that's my set. And that's uh, and then I have a Logitech 4K camera because I do all my show on video. But super simple. Like I'm eventually going to probably upgrade my mic and all that. But for people that are worried about the mic situation, people don't do the show because of their mic. It's, it's, it's so easy. There's so many ways. And um, it definitely isn't rocket science. And if you have a soundproof room already, you're laughing. But if you don't, if you have an equity room, then you may want to think about that when you get your mic. So um, all this stuff is super easy to research on YouTube as well, if anyone has any questions with different specifics. Yeah, I know I spent my fair share of time on YouTube, and I still do, to find out and learn new stuff specifically about 
podcasting. So uh, yeah, YouTube's a hell of a resource. Same with, you know, there's a whole bunch of different blogs and websites out there too that are just as good. Absolutely. For, um, for podcast hosting, now, what hosting platform do you use for your personal podcast? And then do you use, what, what host do you use for your clients? podcast buzzsprout i use buzzsprout because that's what i started with okay and i i i recommend buzzsprout or libsyn personally because i i the people that i know use libsyn i had a client use libsyn it's a good it's been around since the beginning of time for this this whole um podcast game um i like buzzsprout though it's super easy easy friendly and for all of the listeners out there that don't know what a host site does what you do is you load it on there and then it populates to all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and all that. So it makes it super easy. When you load up an episode, you don't have to go to each individual platform and load it. You just load it on the host and then it populates it. So pretty useful for people if they wonder how that happens. But I like Buzzsprout and Libsyn because of the they gives you the good stats and it kind of gives you the insights. What about you? What do you use? So I started with Buzzsprout and I loved Buzzsprout. And I recently switched to Captivate. And really the main reason I switched was because I wanted to do a second show. And then for Buzzsprout, I was doing so much batch recording that I couldn't upload all of my content in a given month. So I would have to get, you know, every time my billing cycle began again is when I would dump all of my new stuff in there. And then I would fill up my three hour or four hour allocation like right away. So really, I love Buzzsprout. For those of you out there thinking of starting a podcast, Buzzsprout is freaking awesome. Like you said, Lance, the stats that they provide are phenomenal, super easy to use, super user-friendly too. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, Captivate is, is pretty cool. Um, unlimited shows, unlimited, yeah. unlimited uploads, and the only catch is it will only support on the plan that I'm on 20,000 downloads per month, which I'm nowhere near that. So that fits my lifestyle at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll check that out. Yeah, there's there's always going to be new ones, better ones. You know, this whole thing is going to change. It always does. And uh, yeah, I'm always open to see what whatever I can deliver the best service to and have it as easy as possible. Because let's be honest, we need things simple, right? Simple. I, mean, I know I. Do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Everything else in my life is too hard and complicated. I need this. I need my hobby and my passion project to be somewhat easy. Absolutely, man. For now, for finding guests on your show, how how did you go about getting your first guests on the show, and what kind of process do you use to seek out the people who fit with your show the best, and then try to get them on your show? Great question. So I got lucky. You know, I think University of Adversity, the name. Um, I think if I did um, something well right in the beginning, was get the name right. I think it's important, and people like the name. And the fact that adversity really affects everybody and it's kind of how I can pull out the story of them. So I actually got lucky in the beginning. I had a friend of mine who gets people on shows and he was, had a lot of people, good people, you know, paying him to get them on podcasts. And I just happened to open my show and, and, and he just, he was like, Hey, and he gave me a list of these people that wanted to come on like that needed a show. And I was like, man, it was awesome. So my first, you know, 20 episodes were like pretty big hitters. And what I did in the beginning was I really focused on my Instagram growth. So two, two years ago, two and a half years ago, 
Um, I really focused on Instagram. I doubled down because I knew that they would work hand to hand. I ended up getting my Instagram up to 140,000 followers, but it was recently hacked in the, in the, at the end of February, which is a real pain in the ass. So I lost my Instagram. Don't think I'll get it back. So obviously when you have that kind of following and, you know, I had a good page, I had a lot of value. I worked my ass off to get that. I had, a, I had different companies, different teams helping me with content. It was a big project, but it worked for the podcast. So I would pitch people on Instagram and I would get a lot of luck. You know, I got Grant Cardone from tagging him in a story. I got all, a lot of big names, but we're, so I got lucky. I, I didn't really use email at first, but the cool thing is like now that I'm dealing with like a fresh new Instagram, I'm, I'm forced to really, I don't want to say forced. It, I'm challenged and allowed to kind of reinvent myself on my Instagram and just be more me. It used to be really podcast focused. It was all just my podcast content. Now I can use all of the guests that I have had. Like I've had Dean Graziosi. I've had, you know, pro athletes, New York Times bestselling authors. And I can use that as social proof now in strategically putting them on my social media so that when they go and look, they can see that I've had these people. So I guess what I'm trying to say, long, long answer longer, is that as you start to get people, you use, pe- you use your guests as leverage in your, in, your, in your pitch. So what I would do is, first of all, you always lead with gratitude. Always lead about how can I... Why would this person come on my show? How can I help this person? What can I do for them? Think about that. Think about what can I do for them? But also what you want to do is really do your research about who you're, 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 you're pitching. If they have a special, a special podcast or a book, don't just say, hey, man, I love your podcast. Want to come on my show? Or I love your book. Really go deep into something specific. Find out. You know, really, when you when you do a pitch email or direct message, go deep. Like, I really liked what you talked about, about, in, you know, page three of your or chapter three about this and that. I went through that in my own story and whatever that is, you really got to really got to be smart with your research and really connect. Find a similar thing that you can connect with that will move them that not every Tom, Dick and Harry will say do that. And like I said before, Offer to, to promote their, their services, their packages, whatever they have. Know in advance. Be like, I see that you have a book coming out. I would love to promote that to my audience. Whatever that may be. Stack it for them. Stack it with value. Then pitch your show. And then what I do, so I do that, pitch my show, tell them about it. And then I say, so I've had this person, this person, this person. Now it's easier for me to land guests because I have a runway of people, Right. Like once you start to get a lot of people, it's easy to get more people. You know, like I just, I just got Jack Canfield from The Secret and, and Chicken Soup for the Soul because of who I've interviewed before, right? So once you have that, it becomes easier. So, or what I also do is once I do that, I'll say any, I'll say any accolades that I've, I've hit. So if I've hit the top 100 on the Apple charts, this is another strategy for your listeners. Once you hit the Apple charts, make sure you take a screenshot because then you can you can say and show that you're top rated podcast. That's another stack that you can use or any sort of publication. You know, my show is featured in Entrepreneur Magazine as top one of the top five, top 20 podcasts to help you grow in 2020, which was great. 
And now I can use that as a stack. So that's how I stack my emails now when I pitch, right? So anybody out there that's listening in the beginning, it takes time. But as you start to stack your your guests and whatever you're doing, you can use that as leverage. I was going to ask, do you have any sponsors for the show, for your show currently? Not currently, but I'm actually partnered up with a company that's going to be helping revolutionize distribution and sponsorships and, and monetization. So as of right now, I can't really get into it, but that will be happening soon. It just, um, yeah, as far as my show personally, no, I haven't actually monetized my specific show yet because I was very adamant about doing it for a while without expecting anything in return because I did create, I do, I have monetized Guests have become clients. So in that regards, I've monetized it. But as far as having sponsors and ads, I haven't found the right one that aligns yet. Okay. Uh, One more kind of techie question. What audio editing software do you and does your company use to edit podcasts? We use Zoom to record. And then we use, um, I believe it's Adobe Adobe Premiere. Then we use Canva. We use a bunch of other programs too. And we also use um, Final Cut. Final Cut. Okay. Man, I need to get into video editing. That's like the next thing on my list of what to learn to do to help promote my podcast. Yeah, you got to get video. You got to try and go in all areas because at the end of the day, video is not going to hurt you, right? It's content. Like I would, I would definitely recommend having video recorded. Even if the sound may not be as perfect as let's say like Zencaster's audio, your sound quality, you can tell it's very good. But I am, I'm willing to maybe go take that a little down if I can have video as well, because I think at the end of the day, when it's all cleaned up, it's, it, it, sounds, it sounds great. So that's just my own personal take. I love the video and I'm gonna put them all on YouTube, right? And um, have those, have those video, card, video pieces. So it's a personal thing, but for me since day one, I've always been adamant about having a video for it. Uh, that's a good point. And you're able to reuse and repurpose the the stuff that you're sitting down to do already. You know, you can turn it into so many other things to help spread the message to people who consume content in different ways. Yeah. And I just, I literally, I, I, I feel like I could connect with somebody and go deeper with them if I can see them and I could see their body language that they're listening and that kind of thing. Like that's just me personally. Some people, you know, it, it really depends on where you're at. You know, it's not, um, it's not a one size fits all kind of thing it's it's kind of like you know whatever works for you and and for me i like to see the person you know like on just on the average because um yeah i don't know it's always been like that for me if going back to instagram if you could give one piece of advice to a podcaster who's trying to get into instagram because it's a very powerful platform arguably maybe the most powerful social media platform right now what piece of advice would you give them as to how to use their podcast kind of and make Instagram content. What you want to maximize is stories. So you want to use stories as, you know, to pique curiosity. So, you know, you can have them listen to the clips. We make a 60 second clip and then people can listen and then they can decide to go, you know, hit the link in the bio. Or if you have swipe up, I used to do the swipe up, you know, maximizing the stories and you know maybe and then using them in the posts as well right 
posting them on your social media is, is, is very, very important. Same with LinkedIn. LinkedIn is massive right now. And everybody's listening to podcasts. That's a very, very good network to tap into as well. And, you know, we do quotes, we do quote cards, we do audiograms, and we do videos. So I would just really spread it out because think of you as a consumer, right? With your Instagram, you don't want all your stuff about, it depends what your page is, right? For me, I made this mistake. I just did all podcast and I didn't want to, I didn't want to post anything else because I felt I would wreck the aesthetics of it. But now it's almost like better because now I have way more of a mix. So think about what your audience wants. Think about what represents you the best. You know, post things that align to you. Don't just post to post. Do things that are going to, that, that are going to, that are interesting, that are funny, that are educational. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's what people want. People want to be educated. They want to, they want to have a laugh. They want to feel, they want to feel inspired. So I would suggest in your content to do the same, to try and bring that out and show who you really are. And if you tie your podcast into that, then people are really going to get to know who you are. Perfect. Some awesome advice that I need to take for Instagram because I'm just trying to get into the game and kind of lost in the sauce. I know LinkedIn very well. And, um, you know, I think LinkedIn used to be just kind of like an upload my resume, apply for job kind of thing, but that's become much, much more social over the last couple of years and is very, very powerful. And I've had decent luck with it for my podcast there. It's pretty funny how it used to be <laughs> literally just a resume. Thing. Yeah. And that's it. And a lot of people who haven't been on it in a couple of years, that's, that's what they know it as. Like, well, I, I don't need a job right now. So why would I go on LinkedIn? Yeah. Just the, just the networking of all the people that all anyone that you need in your business is there. Yeah, they absolutely are. And I've met some phenomenal, phenomenal people that I've formed like really good friendships with on LinkedIn. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, um, I interviewed Shay Robottom, who's just like, She's awesome, man. She's, she's, you know, she's got great content and um, she's not doing anything, you know, other than just being consistent and putting out interesting stuff, right? Like that's, that's what she is. The content is interesting. It's educating and people like that, man. You know, it's got, you had fun. The problem is with LinkedIn is like, it used to be so like, you got to be this way for LinkedIn, this way for, it's like, well, no, at the end of the day, we're all humans. LinkedIn is, you got to be able to show the human side of you too, right? So once that started to happen, people started to realize that, hey, being in business and being human is the same thing, you know? It's like, you don't have to just be, hey, I'm in a tie, I'm all like stuck up and talking about, you know, business 101. It's, no, it's not about that. There's more to life than that. And people that are more spiritual and people that are diving more deep into themselves realize that. And it's all, it's all part of it. Your, 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 the way you feel about yourself, your happiness, your mindset, your, your spiritual practice, whatever that is, is a direct reflection of how your business is going to be. If you're suffering in relationships, if you're suffering in these other areas, your business is going to suffer. So showing the vulnerabilities of the other areas of your life are going to actually feed into your business because these people are going to see the human and go, huh, she's just like me, or I'm just like her. I was thinking about that. And what does that do? That creates a bond that they trust you. And that's all business is, is trust. There's so, too many people out there. 
They're full of shit, scamming, trying to sell the next best thing. And those kind of people will get wiped away, especially right now. It's all about value. It's all about showing who you really are as a human, connecting to people. And then that's why podcasting is powerful too, because you can directly educate people about yourself without having to tell them about you. You can, they can get to know you. And then from there, they find out, oh, wow, what's this person do? I really like this person. And then it just leads down to your business and they end up becoming clients because they've got to know you and they trust you. So what happens when they like, know, and trust, they buy. So that's why it's so important. LinkedIn has been great for that for people because they're able to just, just show videos about just stuff. Of course, you want to talk about business and educate people about all kinds of things, but you also can talk about your hardships and your vulnerability and, 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 and people gravitate towards that, right? So very, very crucial point that some people don't, don't really get. Definitely providing value and building trust. That is, if you can do those two things and do those two things very, very well, you will have a successful business. Well, Lance, that wraps up all the questions I had for you tonight, man. So thank you so much for being on the show. Where can listeners go to find out more about you and your podcast? Thanks, brother. So University of Adversity, you can find it everywhere um, on all platforms. Or you can, uh, if you want to check out my website, lanceecos.com. You can read about my story. You can apply to be on the show or you can apply for the email list where we'll basically send you a weekly update of the week of what shows happened and, you know, links to send you there so you don't miss anything. So, and then from there, you can also connect on my social media, which is all my Lance ECOs. Super easy. Awesome, Lance. Well, again, appreciate you being on the show, man. And thank you for providing my listeners some awesome, awesome value that I know they can take and run with. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to my website at talkinglama.com. There, you can apply to join the Llama Herd, which is an inner circle of dedicated and creative podcasters who are extremely active in the industry and always looking to collaborate. If you like this show, please subscribe so that you don't miss episodes as they're released. And if you really want to take your support for Talking Llama Media to the next level, I would be extremely grateful if you'd become a patron. Even something like $1 per month can go a long way and support us in our big plans. Stay confident, stay creative, stay curious, and I'll see you next time.